one dude stupidly replaying the same game for the third time because Sony keeps re-releasing it, this is the Max Level Podcast. Welcome home. For the uninitiated, Max Level is a weekly breakfast powwow brought to you by RPGera.com. I am your host, Brian, and it is generally going to be a solo episode today. Now, that being said, today's episode is recorded in several different parts, and I'll, uh, I'll get to that here in just a minute. Special shout out to Occam's Laser for a majority of the music you heard today during the show. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Please take a moment and do us a favor if you'd be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. It really does help out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to our current executive producers, Jexax and Zenku. So yeah, today's episode is obviously going up extremely late. It'll be posting on Saturday the 17th, the day that I'm actually recording this intro. I've already recorded several of the other segments of this throughout the week when I had some time. And our main discussion is actually going to feature Sev, who sat down with me right after the Sony State of Play and the same day that the Nintendo Direct aired this past week, he and I broke down pretty much everything that we saw during that Nintendo Direct and State of Play and gave our thoughts on pretty much everything that we saw there. So that'll be the main discussion a little bit later on. But all the other segments are going to be solo and we have a lot of things to get to. So let's go ahead and kick things off with what's new with you. And for what's new with you this week, I'm going to be talking about The Last of Us Part 1, which recently came out on the PlayStation 5 It did release, I want to say, on September 2nd. Yes, September 2nd, so roughly mm, about two weeks ago. And I rented it from Gamefly because I refused to purchase this game again. I bought it when it came out on the PlayStation 3 back in 2013. And then I played the remastered version when it came out on the PS4, I want to say, in either 2014 or 2015. So this is a game that I've already played twice. And I'm a big fan of this franchise. I do think The Last of Us, the original Last of Us, is one of the better games ever made in terms of narrative and gameplay. I fell in love with this game almost a decade ago. I think Naughty Dog are amazing developers when it comes to making a good video game. I've always been a fan of them. Um, You know, I fell in love with Uncharted back in the day. I've just always been a fan of, of what they do. And I refused to buy this game again, though, so I rented it from Gamefly. And I'm about, as a time of recording this particular portion of the show, I'm roughly seven hours in, eight hours in to the story of The Last of Us Part One again. And I will finish it. I'm trying to finish it to get it sent back to Gamefly before the end of this month because I want to rent both the Dio Field Chronicles and Valkyrie Elysium from Gamefly. So I'll be sending this back and I do have Splatoon 3 currently checked out as well. I just need to actually get some time to 
devote a few hours to it just to get some experience. I'm not going to put much time into Splatoon 3, I don't think. If I decide that I absolutely fucking love it, I'll just buy it off of Gamefly because you can keep it at a cheaper price if you already have it rented out. But I don't think that'll happen. I probably will send that back as well. I'll probably send The Last of Us back first to get Diofield Chronicles, hopefully. And then I'll send Splatoon 3 back in time to get Valkyrie Elysium. I do not think that The Last of Us Part 1 needed to happen. I'll say that now because the original Last of Us on PS3 and the remastered version on PS4 still look fucking incredible. These games, you know, push the limits of what the PS3 and the PS4 could do back in the day. And I I just don't see the need to re-release this game again. Now, that being said, the graphics are a bit better, right? Like, leading up to release, we saw several trailers that people made fun of because it doesn't look super, super amazing when compared to the originals because, again, they already looked amazing. But it is redone. It is a touch-up, and it does look better in certain areas. I love this story, which is the reason that I'm playing through it again since it came out. I'm not focusing on trophies this time. I'm just picking up everything that I can find along the way as I as I progress through the missions and kind of, you know, advance through the world. I'm not going out of my way to find anything. I'm certainly not shooting for the platinum trophy. I'm just experiencing the story again and kind of checking out the upgraded visuals just because the game exists. But I would have been perfectly fine had this game not existed. I think that this is, you know, a stellar game, right? Like it was a 10 out of 10 when it first came out in 2013. It's still a 10 out of 10 game. I <laughs> I don't think this game deserves to win any awards at the, you know, end of the year award discussion for any particular publication or, you know, outlet. I don't I don't think this game should be up for like a game of the year discussion or anything like that. Maybe like a best remake category if if a certain place has that category. But that's it, right? Like, this isn't going to beat out Elden Ring. This isn't going to beat out the upcoming God of War Ragnarok. This wouldn't even beat out Horizon Forbidden West, I don't think. Like, this just is for those, I guess, that played Last of Us Part Two when it came out in 2020 and never experienced the original game. Though, again, I don't, I don't know why you couldn't because it was readily available. So, do I recommend picking up The Last of Us Part One? If you've never played it, yes, I absolutely do. I think this game deserves to be played. I think this game is definitely a a standout title in the gaming industry. But if you've already played the game, then it's not really needed. Now, they did add a couple things to it, right? It it does feature audio descriptions for the game's cutscenes in which the developers basically walk through what's happening and tell you certain aspects about the story and how things came to be. It does support 3D audio now, and it does have haptic features feedback and adaptive trigger support for the new DualSense controller. So there are updates to The Last of Us Part 1, but it's nothing that I think fans that have already played through this game need to rush out and go buy this game again. I I just don't think that needs to happen. Nothing else has changed. The story is still the same. The gameplay is still the same. Everything you remember from the game in 2013, if you've already played it, is still the same. I'm not really 
struggling because I remember typically I've already played through this game twice. I remember where to go. I remember what to do. I remember how to, you know, navigate through this world. And I, I haven't really ran into any issues as of yet. But, you know, it was a rental. I can't complain on that aspect. I will finish it. I will send it back to Gamefly, hopefully in the next couple days, definitely by next week. And yeah, we'll go from there. That's pretty much all I have for what's new with you because I, like I said, I have not jumped into any Splatoon 3. There have been some other games that uh, have released recently that I just haven't had a chance to really dive into yet. I have been still spending a lot of time with World of Warcraft, the pre-patch for Wrath of the Lich King Classic. I am in the process of leveling up a priest to level 70 in preparation for the expansion's release on September 26th. I'm hoping to have my priest at level 70 by the 25th so that I'm not having to rush and struggle and, and you know, crunch for time to try to, to get the priest up to 70 by the time the expansion drops because I want to just jump in that night. Hopefully, if I can get on, I assume the servers are going to be packed. The queue times have been dying down over the last week as players finished up what they wanted to do in the pre-patch and are just now waiting for the actual expansion to release but I have a feeling upon release day and for several weeks thereafter the queues are going to be a fucking nightmare once again with four to five hour wait times so I do want to have the priest leveled up and ready to go that way I can jump in queue whenever I get in I can start making my way to level 80 because I will be healing on this priest as a disc priest discipline priest um, I'm gonna put the paladin aside that I boosted up to 70 I should have just boosted the fucking priest I should have known I was going to fall back in love with healing I just knew I would and I could heal on a on a paladin but we have another holy paladin already we don't have a, a priest healer and priest healers in wrath of the lich king are amazing especially disc priests what they bring to a raid in terms of utility and just usefulness is is worth having one so that's the class that I've settled on playing for the raid team that I will be running with for the entirety of the wrath expansion so I have been spending a lot of time trying to get that priest ready to go. The way I've calculated it, I do have to basically obtain three levels per day in order to hit 70 by the 25th. I am still on track. I am struggling because I'm playing on a PvP server because my friends are all on PvP servers. And, you know, I typically play on PvE servers because I'm not a fan of PvP, but I want to play with them. So I am having to struggle through being attacked. We're horde. So I'm, I'm having to struggle through being attacked by the Alliance as I'm trying to level up, which does add time to my experience, unfortunately, but I'll get through it. We'll get there and hopefully everything will uh, will work out. So I, I have been spending more time than I usually do in WoW lately, so I haven't had a ton of time to devote to other games that have released and that are releasing soon, like Metal Hellsinger, that I really want to fucking jump into. And I still haven't played Immortality yet, so hopefully I'll get a chance to do all that soon. But yeah, that's what's new with you. So let's go ahead and jump into a little Sean Waltman lightning round. For the Sean Waltman lightning round today, I basically rounded up some news that happened later in the week that, you know, because Sega had a 
conference basically with the Rio Gakotoku studio, the you know the Yakuza studio, where they announced a couple games and a release date for Ishin, which Seven I will talk about later on during the main discussion. But I'm also going to recap the Ubisoft Forward, the Assassin's Creed stuff that um, that was announced. Basically, mostly just the Assassin's Creed news. I'll talk about the NIS America showcase and the Marvel Disney showcase as well. So I'm going to try to recap all that stuff here in the lightning round. I don't have the release date roundup and the delays in this lightning round because everything is being recorded kind of piecemeal, and I don't know what's going to be discussed later, and Kyle and I are still recording another episode of Max Level that'll post hopefully on time next week. So everything should be back to normal the week after, and then, of course, in two weeks we have Thunderdome, so I'm really excited for that. But let's put 10 minutes on the clock. The lightning round begins right now. Sega and Ryo Gagatoku Studio have announced turn-based RPG Like a Dragon 8 for PC, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, and Xbox One. It will launch in early 2024, and this is the new name for Yakuza. They're no longer using Yakuza as the series name. They are calling these games Like a Dragon. The story will star Yakuza Like a Dragon protagonist Ichiban Kasuga and Yakuza series protagonist Kazuma Kiryu. It is said to be the largest Yakuza game to date. I'm pretty fucking excited for this. It looks great. I'm really, really hyped. Kiryu has a uh, great hair now he's an old man so i'm excited to see how that plays into the story and then on top of that sega and ryo gagatoku studio have also announced action adventure game like a dragon gaiden the man who erased his name for pc ps5 xbox series ps4 and xbox one it will launch sometime in 2023 the game will shed light on kazuma Kiryu's perspective following the events of yakuza 6 the song of life leading up to like a dragon 8 it will be about half the size of a regular yakuza game so a shorter experience and that's okay that's okay we have three yakuza game announcements now with these two plus the one Ishin 7 that are going to talk about later on during the main discussion. So Yakuza fans definitely have a lot to look forward to here over the next year or two, which is exciting news. Square Enix and Platinum Games have announced that Babylon's Fall will end service on February 27th, 2023. It will no longer be playable after the termination date. Sales of both the physical and digital versions of the game have already ceased in preparation for the closing of the servers. And that's sad. That's pretty fucking sad. This game never took off because it sucked. But still, it never took off. I did try playing it. It was not worth playing. Uh, it was a poorly made game, I think. Definitely not one of Platinum Games' best outings in the gaming industry. And I, I think due to some mismanagement and, and, you know, just stupid decisions, this game didn't stand a chance. So... It is unfortunate for those that bought it and that did like it that it is ending on February 27th, so you do still have a little bit of time to play it, but it's a dead game. This is basically, it's time to move on, right? It's definitely time to move on. Ubisoft has revealed a plethora of new Assassin's Creed games, starting with the official announcement of Mirage, which will launch next year for PC, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, and Xbox One. In the 9th century CE, Baghdad is at its height, leading the world in science, art, innovation, and commerce. Amid its bustling urban landscape, a conflicted young orphan with a tragic past must navigate the streets to survive. In Assassin's Creed Mirage, you are Basim, a cunning street thief with nightmarish visions, seeking answers and justice. After an act of deadly retribution, Basim flees Baghdad and joins an ancient organization, the Hidden Ones. As he learns their mysterious rituals and powerful tenets, he will hone his unique abilities, discover his true nature, and come to understand a new creed, one that will change his fate in ways he never could have imagined. This game is being developed by Ubisoft Bordeaux, and it stars, obviously, Basim, who was in, if I'm not mistaken, Valhalla. He was in one of the original, or one of the 
previous Assassin's Creed games as a as a secondary character. So I know Seven and Viz are super pumped for Mirage. I think it is definitely going back to its roots. I'm looking forward to seeing how Ubisoft handles this. I generally always play the Assassin's Creed games, so I will give this one a shot when it comes out. I am hoping it is a true return to roots for the series, much akin to the Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 games, but we'll have to see. The next one after Mirage was Assassin's Creed codenamed Jade for mobile devices. It is set to be a free-to-play AAA RPG set in ancient China. I'm a little disappointed that the ancient China Assassin's Creed game is a mobile game. Now, it is free to play, so there is a chance I'll download it and check it out and likely not stick with it, but I might check it out. I have always wanted an Assassin's Creed mainline game set in ancient China, so it's really disappointing that the mobile title is the one that is being developed in that time period, so... We'll have to see. I likely will play it, but I cannot say with any certainty if I'll stick with it. I tend to not like mobile games that much, but we'll have to see. The final two games were announced side-by-side as the future of Assassin's Creed, with Codename Red being the next evolution of the franchise's open-world RPG design and will take players to feudal Japan. It is currently in development by the same studio that handled Syndicate and Odyssey. And let me just say, I'm fucking pumped for Codename Red. Feudal Japan is another time uh, time period that I've always wanted Assassin's Creed to explore. I'm glad this is a mainline console game. I'm glad it is the next evolution of the open-world design. I hope this is a standout title. It looks looks dope as shit. I'm really looking forward to this one, probably more so than Mirage or anything else that was announced. And then we have Codename Hex, which is described as a very different type of Assassin's Creed experience, currently in development at Ubisoft Montreal. Both games will be a part of Assassin's Creed Codename Infinity, a hub that will connect players through different types of Assassin's Creed experiences, old and new. Hex looks dope too, I will say that. I'm curious what the different type of Assassin's Creed experience means, but it looks more... um, like supernatural mystic maybe with hex you know you think witches um it it has that kind of look to it in just the logo so i'm very curious to see how this game plays and what it actually is about i'll have to check it out i mean it's another mainline game so we'll have to see empty clip studios have announced gargoyles remastered a remastered version of the november 1995 release sega genesis game for pc and modern consoles the game will feature updated visuals and controls i love this game back in the day Uh, I thought it was a great Genesis game. I will likely pick this up when it does come out. No release date or window or anything like that was announced, so it's still early in development. But when it does come out, I'm going to be there. I want to check this out. I hope it's good. Disney Interactive and developer Delala Studios have announced side-scrolling four-player cooperative platformer Disney Illusion Island for Nintendo Switch. It will launch sometime in 2023. Join Mickey and friends on a quest to explore the mysterious island of Monoth and recover three mystical books to save the world from disaster. This is a cute looking game. Uh, I, I hope that it can be played single player with the other three characters controlled like via AI or something like that via the computer. But if it does have to be played with three other people, I likely will never jump into it. But if I can experience this as a single player story, I likely will play this because it looks like a cartoon and I like that art style. So we'll have to see what it ends up being. 
And then closing out our lightning round this week at last week's NIS America Showcase 2022, several games were confirmed to be in the process of localization for English territories. The first is Void Terrarium 2, coming west sometime in spring 2023. Next is Process of Elimination, also coming west sometime in spring 2023, and looks a hell of a lot like Danganronpa, so I'm excited about that. Then we have Monster Menu, the Scavenger's Cookbook, coming west also in spring 2023. And then rounding out the new announcements and also coming in spring 2023, which blows my mind that all four of these titles were announced for the same window and just how quick and how much localization NIS America is pumping out right now because they're also working on, you know, not only are they releasing Trails from Zero here in the next week and a half or so, but they're also working on, you know, Trails to Azure. They're working on the uh, Boundless, whatever it's called, Bound something, Nayuta something, like the spinoff Trails game, and then Trails in the Reverie, the next mainline game after Trails of Cold Steel 4. So I don't know how they do it, but hats off to them. Uh, the last title they announced was Grim Grimoire once more, which is a game that I have played. I played the original Grim Grimoire on the PS2. I thought it was a fantastic game by Vanillaware, so I am looking forward to playing the once more update. It's the same game, basically, but it's an updated version of the game. I'm looking forward to playing that when it comes out uh, next year. So that is your Sean Waltman lightning round for this week. Seven, I have a lot more to talk about in the main discussion, so I didn't want to spend a ton of time on the lightning round. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. And you know what that music means. It is time for the new release roulette for this week. And unfortunately, by the time this episode posts, all of these games are going to be out. So we're not going to do any what's going to score the highest, what's going to score the lowest predictions, because all of these already have open critic scores and Metacritic scores. So we're just going to run down some games that did come out that we haven't that we're not previously talking about or that we're not going to talk about later on in the main discussion. Game number one uh, released on Tuesday for PC, PS4, Nintendo Switch, Voice of Cards, The Beasts of Burden. This is the tale of a girl who swears revenge on monsters. After losing her home, she joins hands with a mysterious boy and sets out into the unknown. But will it be the light of hope or the darkness of despair that awaits them at journey's end? The Voice of Cards series are RPGs told entirely through the medium of cards. In this episode, The Beasts of Burden, you can trap the monsters you defeat in cards and use them as skills in battle, which is pretty dope. I found out that uh, Yoko Taro and Kaichi Okabe and all those guys are involved in the uh, development of this game, so this is a series that I absolutely need to jump into at some point. I fucking love those guys, so I want to experience it. Game number two released on Wednesday for PC, Xbox Series, and Xbox One. You Suck at Parking. You Suck at Parking is the only racing game where your goal is to stop. Colorful yet uphill, challenge the world and customize your ride in this ever-evolving parking simulator. I probably won't play this. It doesn't look like my kind of game. I likely will skip this one. Game number three also released on Wednesday for PC, it's The Wandering Village. The Wandering Village is a city-building simulation game on the back of a giant wandering creature. Build your settlement and form a symbiotic relationship with the Colossus. Will you survive together in this hostile yet beautiful post-apocalyptic world contaminated by poisonous plants? This is a city-building sim game that I have been dying to fucking play. I'm going to pick this up. I'm going to love it. I think it looks great. I was watching some other people stream it recently, like Easy Allies. I really, really want to play this game. I will definitely play it soon. 
And then our final game that we're going to talk about here for the new release roulette released on Thursday for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series, and it is available on Xbox Game Pass. It's Metal Hellsinger. Slay to the rhythm of metal and vengeance on an infernal journey through the eight hells. Make them fear the beat. Metal Hellsinger is a rhythm FPS bursting with demons, badass weapons, and heavy metal music. This game looks dope. I know for a fact I'm going to love this. I already have listened to so much of the soundtrack. It's fucking incredible if you're into metal. I really want to play this game. I likely will sometime in the next week or so. I'll likely talk about it on the show. Maybe next week. Maybe Kyle and I, because I know Kyle's going to play it too. Maybe he and I can chat about it next week on, uh, well, I don't want to say next week because we've already recorded next week's episode and we did not talk about Metal Hellsinger yet. So hopefully the episode that posts or that should post on or around the 27th, that'll be the one where we likely will talk about some Metal Hellsinger. My pick of the week this week would definitely be Metal Hellsinger. Either that or The Wandering Village, but I think I would give it to Metal Hellsinger. So, that's your new release roulette. And I'm actually going to slice in now the conversation that Seven I had earlier this week after the State of Play, where we talk about and recap everything that happened during the Nintendo, uh, during the Nintendo Direct and State of Play. So, let's kick to that. All right, and as we now transition into the main discussion for the episode today, I am graced by the king himself, not Charles III. Unfortunately, it's just Sev. Sev the first, mate. Sev the first. P1 and only. Version 1, Sev the first. V1? Yeah. Do you have a cool entrance theme like Matt Hardy V1 did? Yeah, I'm sure I could sort that out. Uh, what was it? Button. I can slam a tornado. I don't think it was exactly that, but something like that, right? Yeah, that, that rings a bell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, the reason I have you here, Sev, I didn't want to do this alone. Obviously, the rest of the episode, I'm sitting here solo doing the news and the new releases and, you know, the normal stuff that we do here on Max Level. But today, the day that the podcast normally posts, but you guys know how I am. I have been really busy and there's not a goddamn chance the episodes are ever going to upload on time anytime soon. But it is what it is, right? They're still going up each week, so that's all that matters. Um, but the day that you and I are sitting down to talk is Tuesday, September 13th. And it just so happens that we had two pretty exciting presentations. I, I was contemplating calling them like pre-Tokyo Game Show, and I know that's what Sony called theirs, but Nintendo's was just their basic fall direct. Uh, I don't really think it had anything to do with pre-Tokyo Game Show bullshit, but we had a Nintendo Direct this morning and a Sony State of Play this evening. And I do have reaction videos up for both of those over on the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash RPG era. If you want to go check those out, if you haven't seen them yet, you can watch along with me react as I found out everything live. And I want to run down a majority. We're not going to cover everything that we saw. Like, It Takes Two coming to Switch on November 4th. That's a cool announcement, but we're not going to spend a few minutes talking about it. <laughs> but there's a lot of things I do want to spend a few minutes talking about. And let's just go in order. So we'll start with the Nintendo Direct, and we'll kick things off the way they did with Fire Emblem Engage. What did you think? I'm pretty hyped. I'm still yet to play Fire Emblem with three houses. Uh, I do have it purchased. But yeah, more, more Fire Emblem is always good, isn't it? I was so fucking excited when this finally got revealed. We have known that they are working on a new mainline Fire Emblem game. This is obviously it, Fire Emblem Engage, coming out on January 20th of 2023. This is looking like... 
like exactly what I was hoping it would look like coming off of three houses. Maybe going back a little bit to not necessarily the roots, right? A fire emblem, but we do have Marth and Marth is a very iconic character from the fire emblem franchise. So there's got to be a reason he's there. And Three Houses was such an incredible game. Like, Kyle and I just recently talked about it when we did our Game of the Year nominations for the then Level Down Games Awards, now RPG Era Awards. Um, we had Fire Emblem, Katana Zero, and Death Stranding as our top three, just in different orders. That is such an incredible game. I've yet to play Three Hopes myself. I know you haven't played that one yet either. That's the Musou-style game, and you probably never will. But I likely will play that before this releases, just to uh, get some more Fire Emblem in my blood before Engage. But man, this looks gorgeous. The cutscenes looked phenomenal. The world, uh, I don't know how much like walking around and exploring you're doing in that world, but they definitely showed like some pretty interesting looking areas that weren't on a grid and that didn't seem like they were cutscenes. So I feel like this is going to be a mixture of what Three Houses was plus the traditional Fire Emblem formula. Yeah, see this this was the first trailer of the day and we got, I want to say, 30 trailers after this, including the PlayStation yeah, we got a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I don't remember a whole lot of this trailer, but from what I remember, I, I didn't see a whole ton of like, um, sort of like three three houses influence. So I don't know if we're getting because three houses was set in a school, wasn't it? And you sort of it was correct. You're, so I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if we're getting that or if we're getting like a one story sort of thing. But I hope it's I hope it's one story. I appreciated the three stories in three houses, right? Three different routes, three different storylines you could follow. It gave it a lot of replayability, but I didn't replay it. I just stuck with the house I chose, and that was it. So mm-hmm. I am hoping that this is just one story but man fire emblem engage finally announced supposedly the insider like the leaker that has been saying there's a new fire emblem mainline game coming for months now said that this is the main course and that there still is dessert for fire emblem fans later on that's likely going to be a remake of one of the older fire emblem games um it's been being talked about i forget which one it actually is but that's been being talked about for a few months now so that'll be exciting as well when that eventually gets announced and drops too. I imagine it'll be probably revealed sometime around the time that this comes out in January. So we'll be definitely keeping an eye on this. This is a game that I will buy day one for fucking sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Physical copies of uh, Three Houses like dried up really, really quickly. So I think I'm going to have to gonna have to bite the bullet and buy it day one, even if I'm not going to play it day one, um, just so I have a copy. Just so you have the physical cartridge in hand. I don't really exactly. care about physical copies, though. I just uh, I buy everything digitally. So, <laughs> see, I had, a, I had a physical copy of uh, Fire Emblem. Is it Path of Radiance on the GameCube? Oh, I still uh, do. And I I traded it in stupidly um, years and years ago, and and now it's worth like uh, 160 quid. I think it is. Yeah, I still have my copy of that on the GameCube. I'll never get rid of that game. I fucking love that game. Yes, yeah, dope. It's good. Very very good. They followed up the Fire Emblem Engage announcement with what I already mentioned. It takes two coming to Switch on November 4th. That's exciting, but we don't need to spend time on it, and we probably don't need to spend any time on the next couple of things either. We found out there was a new Fatal Frame game coming to Switch as well as PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC in early 2023 called Fatal Frame Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. This is a Japan-only game that first launched for the Wii back in 2008. So this is the first time we're getting it in English. That's exciting. I, I am excited for a new Fatal Frame game that I have yet to play but you're either you either like these games or you don't so we don't need to spend a ton of time on it i like these games i will play it but that's pretty 
much it. You probably don't like them at all. Too scary for you? Yeah, yeah. They're just just not my thing, to be fair. Yeah, too scary for you. That makes sense. Sev Tunic coming to Switch on September 27th. That's pretty exciting. Nice. Very nice game. Yep. Great game. We both enjoyed it earlier this year, so I'm glad more people will get to experience it. We also found out that Wave 2 of Xenoblade Chronicle... Chronicles, there's that is a plural word. Xenoblade Chronicles 3's expansion pass is coming on October 13th, which will have a challenge battle mode against difficult enemies, a new hero character, and accompanying quests to go along with her. Her name was Mechanical. Yeah, she was mechanical. She she was a mechanical character, but her name is Eno, not her name's not mechanical. And uh It also is introducing swimsuit outfits because it can't be a JRPG without swimsuit outfits. So there you go. Got to have swimsuits. Every game, every good JRPG has swimsuit outfits. I don't think um, Dragon Quest have ever had swimsuit outfits, but... It's not a good JRPG then. Wait, it's it's the granddaddy. It's the best RPG. I know, I know. I'm just fucking around. Calm down, Brian, (laughs) calm down. Sifu is coming to Nintendo Switch on November 8th, which is kind of cool. Though it did not look nearly as good as it did running on, like, PlayStation or Xbox hardware, right? Like... It looked kind of watered down a bit on the Nintendo Switch, but kind of switchy, yeah. kind of switchy looking. But you know, still a game that I've yet to play. Probably never will play at this point. But it had its fans, so that's good. Broadening the horizons for that one. Romancing Saga Minstrel Song Remastered is releasing on December first. That was uh, we've already known about this game, but we finally got the release date confirmed, and that's launching for PC, PS5, PS4, Nintendo Switch as well. And I am thinking about getting this. This. this is the, if I'm remembering correctly, this is the game in the Romancing Saga series that we never got here in English. So I'm considering picking it up. Yeah, I've been tempted to jump into the Romancing Saga like set of games, but I heard they're kind of the kind of middle of the road. They're not the greatest. Yeah, they're not terrible, but they're not great either. They're just average JRPGs. But you know, sometimes sometimes average JRPGs are enough to cleanse the palate, yeah, wet yeah. the whistle before another big one comes along. I'm sure you were excited for this. I know you were because you were uh, geeking out about it in the YouTube chat. Front Mission First Remake is launching in October, followed by Front Mission 2 Remake in 2023. And they also announced Front Mission 3 Remake. Yeah, so I think uh, the first Front Mission remake got announced at like the same sort of time as was it Metal Slug Tactics? Yeah, uh, it's, been a, f- it's been a bit. It's been a bit. That's a very, a very similar game. But yeah, I never played the Front Mission games uh, growing up, but you know, tactical turn-based strategy RPGs or strategy turn-based gameplay, and then add the mechs in on top. And I was like, yeah, I, I really want to play this. I'm I'm up for it. You were like, look at those grids. <laughs> yeah, just look at just put grids on the screen, mate, and I'm ah oh, soul. <laughs> Give me some grid paper, and I'm set for life. Yeah, you should. You totally should. An announcement that I was very, very excited to see. Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life getting announced for Nintendo Switch. And I think it's only been announced for Switch so far, releasing on January 26, 2023 in Japan. And it'll come out in summer 2023 in the West. This is a remake of Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life, which was released back on the GameCube in 2003 and is probably my favorite Harvest Moon game ever. So I'm excited. I've only played the original Harvest Moon game, the one on the NES, or the SNES. SNES, yeah. SNES, yeah. I played that. I played that. I played a lot of that to be fair, but I never played any of the other ones. This is a game you should absolutely look into. This is by far, I think, a definitive Harvest Moon experience. 
and it makes me excited and sad at the same time because this is the original Harvest Moon team. But if you mm-hmm. know the story, which we've told before, and I'll keep saying it every time because a lot of people don't know it, might have new listeners, might have new whatever, right? Story of Seasons is Harvest Moon. It's the same team that used to make Harvest Moon, but they lost the rights to the name Harvest Moon when they split from Natsume, the company that published the Harvest Moon games. They were able to maintain the rights to the name Harvest Moon and and they still publish new Harvest Moon games just with a different team that are not nearly as good. There's a reason those games aren't critically acclaimed anymore and that the Story of Seasons games are. So the original team has been remaking a lot of the Harvest Moon games and just calling them Story of Seasons, whatever, right? That's why we had Story of Seasons Friends of Mineral Town, which was a remake of a Harvest Moon game. And now okay. we're getting Story of Seasons A Wonderful Life. So the fact that this is the original team remaking their game, I am in on this the day that it comes out. I spent so many hours playing this game. My girlfriend back in the time when this game came out, she fucking loved this game as well. Um, this this is just a real, real fun game. I'm looking forward to experiencing it again. Yeah, I think I'll be there with you. I'll be playing this one. Good, good, good. We can, uh, hopefully we don't marry the same character. Yeah, that'd be weird. They did say in the trailer, like, uh, was it the characters will grow old? And they are do. will change. Was that like a thing in the, in the original It one? was. It was. Okay. Do they ever get so old that they die? I think so. If I'm oh, remembering correctly. That's sad, but okay. They uh they, they pass away on you. I think so. But I'm but I could be wrong. There was one of them that, that did happen. Might not have been a wonderful life, but it might have been as well. We did find out that Splatoon 3's first post launch Splatfest is set for September twenty third through the twenty fifth. It is supposedly uh, like themed around what would you bring with you to a deserted island? Gear, grub, or fun? So you have three choices. Would you bring gear? Would you bring grub? Or would you bring fun? to a deserted island, you will participate on one of those teams and, you know, shoot ink at squids yeah, and octolings. Yeah, yeah. Odd, odd. I, uh, I have yet to play this. I do have access to it. I did rent it from Gamefly. It's sitting on my shelf, but I have not put it in the Switch yet because I have been busy. We are in the process of moving, as I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, and... I just don't have a lot of time. Recently got promoted at my job. Um, I need to figure out how I am still going to be able to do everything that we set out to do here at RPG Era, including producing podcasts and writing reviews and, you know, with all that becomes making time to play games, which I am currently failing at. So I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying my hardest. All we ask is that you try, Brian. That's all I can do is give it my best attempt. I just give it my best. My best is not nearly good enough, though. Octopath Traveler 2. This was a surprise announcement, and I'm totally here for it. Totally here for it. This team has been apparently working on this game since the original released because it is fucking nearly done. One of three games that were announced to be coming out on February 24th of 2023 during the Nintendo Direct, which was a little odd that they all had the same date attached to them. But this is also coming to PC, PS5, PS4, and Switch, not just the Switch, as was announced in the Direct. This looks really good. This looks really good. Eight new heroes. It looks like eight new jobs as well, right? They all have different uh, different stuff. You have, I'm trying to see if the press release has anything about, yeah, they do. Okay, here we go. Hikari was is a warrior. Agnia is, oh, these are the same jobs. Hikari is a warrior. Agnia is a dancer. Partitio is a merchant. Oswald is a scholar. Throne is a thief. Temenos is a cleric. 
Oshet is a hunter, and Casti is an apothecary. So those are the same jobs from the first Octopath Traveler. If I remember rightly, the first one never actually came to PS4. I know it came to came to Game Pass. Did it come to Game Pass? It came to PC. I know that. Yeah, it definitely came to Game Pass. I'm not sure if it ever came over to PS4. I don't know that it did either. So that's kind of an exciting announcement, I guess. But this game looks gorgeous, man. These games always mm -hmm. looked gorgeous. I'm very excited to waste hours of my life playing another one of these games. I'm glad they're turning it into a franchise instead of just a one-off game. You know, these this studio within Square Enix, obviously it's published by Square Enix, but this studio that does Octopath Traveler and Bravely Default and another game we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes, like, they're able to pump out some stuff, man, pretty quickly, and they have a style, and it's a style that I enjoy. It's a 2D, 2.5 HD style, isn't it? It's the same style yeah. that Dragon Quest 3 remake is going to be done in. Which I was a little shocked we didn't see anything on that today. Yeah, I'll be excited when it turns out. It was supposed to be coming out this year still, like this holiday. I guess maybe it still could, but I'm, I'm starting to think maybe it's going to slip to next year at this point. Yeah, I think we've got Dragon Quest Treasures coming out in December. So I think We do have that Dragon coming Quest. in December. Yeah, we and do have that Dragon coming Quest in December. This year. Got a lot of stuff coming in December actually now, which is uh, pretty, pretty exciting. A game called Factorio is coming to Nintendo Switch on October 28th. This first released back on PC for Steam in 2020, which is why I said I think that game has been out, right? I even said that during the direct. I was like, oh, um, this looks okay, but I feel like that's an old game, and that's because it is. It's been out on PC for about two years now, um, not one that I think I care about. So when no, he was hit by a train. Like a real time, real he was hit by a train. He did, yeah. It's like a real-time strategy farming simulator sort of thing, isn't it? Um, Resource yeah, it gathering type of a game, yeah. 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 A surprise game that I did not know about, but it is available on PC as well. I didn't even know about this game. Apparently, it released on PC for Steam on April 11th in Japanese, and then they added English support on May 17th of this year. Ib. Okay. Ib is coming to Switch in spring 2023. It is a 2D exploration horror adventure game. This girl is like walking around through a art gallery museum, right? And then observes a painting and things get pretty fucking creepy and mysterious. And I really feel like I could get behind this game. It had like kids drawings coming to life, right? Like this yeah, game looks kind of kind of insane. Yeah, yeah, I like this. I'm going to give it a chance. It reminds me of um, what's that game that starts with an O that's on Game Pass right now? Oh, something clearly. Oh, no, I know what you're thinking, but yeah, I don't know the name of it. OR something like Oh, man, what the fuck is that game? But it's like another, like, creepy, Earthbound-esque horror-type mm -hmm. game. Can't remember the name of it, but it reminded me of that, so I want to check it out. Kyle's favorite game of the Nintendo Direct, Various Day Life. He's, he's not wrong. That's that's maybe one of the weirdest names for a game I've ever heard. It sounds he's not like wrong. It's, sounds like it's been muddled up in translation, like Various Day Life. Um, he's, he's not wrong, but I didn't realize it was the same team that does Bravely Default and Octopath Traveler. Like, I didn't realize it was that team. And once that was revealed that it was, I was like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense, right? Because that's how they name their games. Various Day Life, Bravely Default. Octopath Traveler, Triangle Strategy. Like, that's how they name their games. Yeah. They don't make a ton of sense. <laughs> they they have something to do with what you do in the game. Octopath Traveler, you have eight heroes traveling around the world. Triangle Strategy, they had that, like, triangle judgment system, right? Mm -hmm. Bravely Default. Doesn't make any sense to the, name of, to the gameplay, actually. 
Various Day Life. I don't know how this ties in, but I'm assuming it does. And apparently, this game came out for Apple Arcade back in 2019. Okay. I had never heard of it till today. No, it slipped under my radar as well, to be fair. Yeah, I had never heard of this game until today. Already available. It was a shadow drop for Nintendo Switch and PC. You can download it for $29. And it's coming to PS4 as well on Friday, the 16th. So it is not just Switch exclusive. And it looks kind of interesting gameplay wise, like it's JRPG looks like you are walking from left to right on the screen and I'm going to give it a chance. I think I like this team, so there's no reason that I shouldn't give it a shot. 100 different types of work. Oh, I thought that was going to say jobs, 20 job classes and more than 100 types of work for those jobs to perform. Okay. Okay. So 20 jobs. I mean, that's, that's pretty in depth. Yeah. yeah. This isn't just a, this isn't just like a quick put it together and ship it out type of a thing. It's got some, some meat on its bones. It's like Sev. I've I've got some meat on my bones. I have got some depth. Yeah. You've got some depth, some wit. Wait, some whip and some depth. Yeah, all the way around. Circumference is what I've got. The big one. Uh, we did find out that the second free update for Mario Striker, Striker, Mario Strikers Battle League can't talk anymore. Been talking all day at this point. Uh, is coming in September. I don't think they said it says launches in September, uh, but it doesn't say what date it launches in September. And they are adding Pauline and Diddy Kong as playable characters. They're adding Barrel Gear and Planetoid Stadium. And they said more new characters, more gear, and more stadiums will be available later in 2022. I do appreciate the fact that Nintendo continues to do this, right? Like, yeah, eventually they stopped releasing free LD, uh, free DLC for Mario Kart and started charging for it because they went through all the free DLC and then like, well, we'll just keep making it because what else are we doing with Mario Kart right now? So we'll start charging for it. But like when Mario Tennis Aces came out, they did free DLC for like a year for that game. Now they're doing the same thing with Strikers Battle League and I can get behind the free content updates. That doesn't bother me in the slightest. Yeah, I'm all in for it. I know Mario Golf had a bunch of free updates as well, which were pretty cool. Uh, my, only, my only real gripe with oh golf uh, yeah I forgot about that one my only real gripe with strikers is that it's, it's just characters and it's just arenas it doesn't feel like it's more com uh, more content with depth you get me but it's your it's country's essential. sports Ev it's soccer football as you guys call it how Football, could you not yeah, like? Yeah. How could you not like strikers? It had a, it had very little single player content. I'm pretty beat the the single player content in the space of like three hours or something. It was just no, like, it now all there is is just to just to do matches over and over again. And you know, no, I'm all right. But that's what we do with like WWE games is just do matches over and over. Yeah, but they have storylines and they they kind of have purpose. So. Do they? Yeah. Do they? Do they? Do they? Do they? Do they really? <laughs> Maybe fight forever will be good. I hope so. Uh, bite forever. We did get the announcement of Atelier Ryza 3, Alchemist of the End and the Secret Key coming to, and I, I was right. I, I was thinking that that might have been just like a port announcement, but nope, it was a brand new announcement. There is only two Atelier Riser games so far. This is coming to PC, PS5, PS4, and Nintendo Switch on February 24th worldwide. It looks pretty fucking good. And you said you just bought the first two. I did. Uh, maybe about a month ago, I bought the first two um, because I've heard nothing but good things. Apparently, they are the best of the Atelier series. I think so. They got rid of the stupid, like, having to worry about the time management system and, and getting shit done by a certain time like that really ruined the Atelier games for me and the fact that Ryza got rid of all that bullshit just kind of made it a fun alchemy game I really enjoyed the first two never finished them but I have played both of them I'll probably end up playing three as well yeah I might as well pick it up add it to the collection yeah 
may as well. They did say that uh, Koei Tecmo, the team that makes these games, is going to premiere a first look trailer for the game tomorrow on YouTube. Probably a more okay. in-depth trailer. And they are going to share more information during an Atelier Series 25th anniversary special broadcast tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Eastern. And then the new trailer appears at 8 a.m. So bright and early. Nice, nice. Well, I, I guess not that. for you. That's like in the afternoon. So yeah. yeah, right on time for you. Speaking of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, we did get Wave 3 of the Booster Course Pass announcement. And it's launching this holiday season. And rightfully so, because it has the Merry Mountain course from Mario Kart Tour, which looks like a dope course, dude. I did not play much Mario Kart Tour outside of like the first two or three days it was available. So I had never seen this course before. It looks jolly. It looks very festive. And I'm into that. Most most theme courses always good. Yeah. And then they're adding Peach Gardens from Mario Kart DS as well. So super cool that they continue to add courses to 8 Deluxe. But fuck, do I just want to see Mario Kart 9 at this point? Yeah. I'm thinking maybe they just don't know where to go with another one. So they're just going to put might everything in. not. But I have a feeling they don't want to release it on the Switch. Yeah. Makes sense. Isn't like Mario Kart on the Switch? Switch like the highest selling Switch game and continues yes, to be so. believe so. Like they don't really want to cannibalize their own sales for 8 Deluxe. So Mario Kart 9 will probably... Dude, if, if everything is to be believed, Mario Kart 9 probably will be a launch title for whatever platform follows the Switch. Like that's just likely to be the case. And then it'll just exist the entire life st- uh, lifespan of whatever console is coming next. And they'll just add courses to it for like six years. Just add everything that's in 8. Yeah. Coming coming to nine, everything you previously bought in eight, but you got to buy it again. Beautiful. (laughs) Expansion pass. (laughs) Uh, The golf update for Nintendo Switch Sports has been delayed to this holiday season, and I actually forgot this game exists, so... Yeah, I think it's, it's passed me by now. I'm probably not going to pick it up unless I find it super cheap. But there's no single player content other than play tennis match, play tennis match again. So Yeah, I probably won't pick it up either. I think um, my enjoyment with the original uh, Wii Sports was because of the time period, mm-hmm. because I was, you know, college student at the time, uh, had friends over all the time, and we used to get drunk and play these types of games. Now that I'm in my mid-30s, I just don't have that same experience. Would be fun for families, like... I'm surprised Kyle never picked this up. Yeah, to be fair. He seems a target audience to me. Yeah, but I don't think this is for me anymore. Um, But it's cool that it is still a free update, right? I do like Nintendo and their free updates, so that's pretty dope. Pikmin 4 actually exists, and it's coming out in 2023. We didn't see much. We saw a pretty looking landscape under a bench, and that the fact that you are ground level with your Pikmin looking at these monsters, right? That's all we really saw. Yeah, you said they weren't ready to show gameplay yet. Yeah, they weren't ready ready to show (laughs) gameplay on a game that's supposedly been done for like four or five years, right? Like, we've been hearing about the inevitable Pikmin 4 for years now and how it's been done. They were just waiting for the right time to release it. If that's the case, why can't you show something? Why do you have to spend so much time on Pikmin Bloom? Why couldn't you show more on Pikmin 4? Yeah, Pikmin Bloom would look terrible. It's not a game for me. I don't want to walk around the ghetto just to uncover clouds on my map. That's not fun. Walking walking down dark alleyways just to boost your steps and yeah, uncover your clouds. That's not fun. Doesn't sound like logical thing. It doesn't sound like a safe thing to do, Nintendo. (laughs) And then we also found out that uh, Resident Evil Village 7, 2, and 3 are coming to Nintendo Switch via the cloud support for Switch because, God forbid, these games would never run natively on the Nintendo Switch, so they got to run on the cloud. Um, Village is coming out first on October 28th. 
I mean, I guess that's cool if you have no other platform to play these on. But if you do, don't play the Switch version. Play yeah. it on a better platform. Absolutely. Harvestella's looking real dope, dude. Yeah. And there's a demo available. They come out to do me a demo. Did you download it yet? No, no. I've uh, not long finished work, and then I had a prior engagement, so I've not actually put a game's console or a controller in my hand today, which is unfortunate. But I haven't I will. either. But this game looks good. Uh, I likely won't play the free demo, even though your progress does carry over. I probably won't play the demo. Uh, I tend not to play demos for games that I know I'm going to just buy anyway. I usually just wait for the full game to come out. This is coming out on November 4th worldwide for PC and Switch. And remember we just talked about this, right? When our, uh, what did we run down? Our favorite things from Gamescom, right? Our Gamescom yeah. review episode. And we each brought six things. Dump. Yeah, they did an info dump. And now you were like, oh, I'll have to watch the trailer. I was like, well, there, was one. there wasn't any. And now there is. Now we have a trailer. And Square Enix actually released a slightly longer trailer on their YouTube channel after the Nintendo Direct ended that had a little bit more information in it, a little bit more gameplay snippets here and there. Um, this game looks so fucking good, dude. I am in for this game. I think this looks pretty incredible. Gives me like, obviously it's a farming sim mixed with a JRPG, so you have like the Story of Seasons vibes, but it even has like some Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles vibes to me, which is a game that I actually enjoyed, so I'm really looking forward to this. This is definitely a day one purchase for me at this point like i have to play this game as i said I'll, I'll grab the demo um just so i can give myself a feel of how it actually plays i won't get my progress to track over i will start a new save um if i pick it up okay fair enough fair enough uh we had a new trailer for bayonetta 3 still coming out on october 28th and this game looks dope as shit. I mean, it's Bayonetta. If you like the first two, there is nothing to get upset about, about how Bayonetta 3 looks, right? Like, looks like Bayonetta. Looks like it plays like Bayonetta. I'm going to play this game. Wicked. I never finished the first one. Um, so yeah, Bayonetta's not not in my ballpark. But yeah, it does look, the dope does look like more Bayonetta. I know Kyle's really looking forward to this game. He is a massive fan of the Bayonetta series as well. So I am excited to play this and I'm excited. I, he'll probably end up reviewing this one, but I'm excited to hear what he has to think. I think he's a bigger fan of Bayonetta than I am, and I'm a pretty big fan of Bayonetta, so okay. looking forward to these games. Well, this game, but looking forward to it. Another game that I am looking forward to is a game that uh, was announced coming from the Danganronpa team called Master Detective Archives Rain Code. Coming to Switch in spring 2023, this game, it looks like Danganronpa mixed with Phoenix Wright, right? Like, which mm -hmm. was kind of what RD Danganronpa was, but there's more to do in this game than there was in Danganronpa. Like, you're chopping things with a sword, like words as they fly at you, much like how you were kind of doing stuff by drawing slashes on the Danganronpa games, like cutting words. Now you're using a sword to cut words, and this looks like Dang it's, it's Danganronpa without the name Danganronpa. Just a bit more engaging, in-depth story, potentially. I don't quite know if that's the the case obviously we only had trailer form for this game but shit dude this instantly went on my must play most hyped games for spring 2023 at this point i love yeah. danganronpa yeah it does it does look super cool and super interesting and that uh that springtime is only getting more and more packed in it Man, every, like I said in the reaction, every quarter feels like it's packed now. Like there's no quarter that's not packed at this point. Mm -hmm. Just building and building. Building and building. 
just like December is building and building because Viz was smarter than us all. He knew <laughs> that Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion was going to be releasing this year when he scooped it up on Fantasy Critic several weeks ago. I made fun of him. I was like, Viz, why are you picking that up? It's not coming out till uh, early 2023. They said winter 2023. That could mean any time between December and March. It's likely going to be a January, February game. And he didn't respond because he knew that it was coming out on December 13th. Yeah, he said he had a tingly feeling. A, but, a um, tingly feeling in his nether regions. Yeah, somewhere. But, um, yeah. Fair, fair play to him. He he kept it. He kept it, and it's going to pay off. I think this game will definitely score well. Um, it looks like a really good fucking remastered game. It is confirmed for PC, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on December 13th. I'll be there day one. This is a game that I have to own. I can't wait. I can't fucking wait for this game. I love Crisis Core, dude. I love Zack. And I love the song that plays at the end of this game. Oh my God, I can't wait. I... <laughs> can't wait dude i can't wait nice i'm happy for you my favorite tales of game is getting a remastered version on nintendo switch ps4 and xbox one tales of symphonia this is a day one buy for me yeah i didn't know it was coming to ps4 but uh, i can already envision the box art um i picked up tales of symphonia chronicles on the ps3 a couple of months ago after your recommendation and i never obliged to get around to playing it oh what is wrong with you i mean i do buy so much and i just like looking at the box art to be fair um so you're gonna buy it again yeah that's okay. what i'm saying i should i should have waited <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, and now I'm gonna have it. Now I'm gonna own it twice and not play. Are you it twice, gonna own probably. it on PS4 again, or are you gonna buy it on Switch this time? I'll buy it on PS4. Okay. I got it on PS3. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'll buy the PS4 version. See, I'll buy the Switch version because I played this initially when it came out for the GameCube back in like who knows how long ago, like early 2000s. This game came out on the GameCube. This is my favorite Tales game. This is my favorite Tales story. My favorite Tales characters. I love this game, and I am really excited to play a remastered version. It looks gorgeous. It still looks gorgeous. No, I'm excited. Can't fucking wait. A surprise announcement. Another one that's coming out on February 24th, 2023. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. This is exciting. Yeah. You don't, you, you never played Return to Dreamland? No, the only, the only thing I really know and like from Kirby is uh, Kirby's Gourmet Race tune. That's a fucking banger. Okay, okay. Great but song. Yeah. But very, very good song. Return to Dreamland was a Wii game back in 2011. Uh, sitting at a 77 on Metacritic currently, but it did get like seven, eights, and some nines from most of the publishers or reviewers back in, you know, 11 years ago. This is a really fun Kirby game that I never actually finished. I never owned this Kirby game. Um, my friend at the time that the Wii system was out, I was still living in Vegas back in 2011, but he was a big Kirby fan. And I played a little bit of this over at his house and it is a great game. I think I'm going to buy it this time because I want to okay. see it to completion. And shit, dude, I still haven't played Forgotten Land yet. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, another one that's passed me by as well. Yeah. A lot of Kirby games. Kirby is a character that Nintendo goes back to more often than most, I think, right? Like, it feels like there's always a new Kirby game coming out. Yeah, from my understanding, Kirby games are uh, they tend to be on the easier side and tend to be on the shorter side. So I always, uh, I always go with games that will potentially give me more bang for my buck right. rather than Kirby's. That's a that's a young bucks move. More bang for your buck. It is mm -hmm. indefinitely suspended. Do you see that news? They don't even no. have a return date. Yeah, they don't know how long the Bucks, Omega, Brandon Cutler, Christopher Daniels, and Michael Nakazawa are suspended for. It's basically until this investigation concludes, and that could take yeah, yeah. weeks Pending or months. Investigation. Dude. Yeah, like they removed 
remove them from the full gear poster because there's no guarantee that they'll be around before November, which is really fucking sad. And then our big announcement, Breath of the Wild 2 was a no-show according to Viz. And that's because, <laughs> that's because it's no longer called, and it never was called, Breath of the Wild 2. It just was always called Breath of the Wild sequel, right? But we found out Breath of the Wild 2 is officially called The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And it's coming out on May 12th of 2023 until it gets delayed until the holiday 2023. Yeah, probably. And they did they did delay this um, Nintendo Direct live streaming in the UK due to the Queen passing to show respect. And Kyle pointed out, was it probably because it was called Tears of the Kingdom? And that makes sense, dude. But they, but they air it an hour after it showed. It wasn't like we're delaying it for a few weeks. They were like, no, we're just delaying it an hour. So. But, it, but it, it did have, it was a plausible theory. I'll give him that. Yeah, it was yeah. a plausible theory. And I am in on this name. Tears of the Kingdom is a sick name for what this Zelda game is looking like it's shaping up to be. This is a very, very complex looking Zelda game. The official press release did say, uh, let me pull it up actually. It says here, in addition to the vast lands of Hyrule, the latest entry in the story Legend of Zelda series will take you up into the skies. Look forward to Link's massive adventure starting again when Tears of the Kingdom, the sequel to Breath of the Wild, drops for Switch on May 12th. You will be exploring more than just Hyrule. Low and rule. that's maybe low rule. Maybe middle rule. Well, if Hyrule is called Hyrule and you're in the sky, can't really call would it be Hyrule? like Skyrule, maybe? Ja or rule. Ja Rule, the rapper. Uh-huh. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um I was just thinking like hi hi rule. Higher rule. Exactly. Uh you know, could be a could be a good name. I doubt it. But the the small trailer that we saw, and it wasn't much. They never show much. I feel like we won't get a full blowout of Tears of the Kingdom until it's closer to release, right? And then they'll finally go in depth when talking about how the dungeons are going to work, how the, the play style is going to work, everything. But we did get a tease, right? We saw Link climbing on a wall that was broken and or, or like a, a cliff side, basically, that was broken and in shambles with a, a landscape below him that I assume is explorable. And then he was riding some like block stone up a path that seemed kind of cool, like a new mechanic for the game. And then he landed on like a, a mechanical glider, right? Like a, a stone glider almost yep. um, was, was floating around the air. This game is going to be massive and it's going to engulf my life when it comes out. I love Zelda games. I always spend so much time playing them. And I got to say, man, like with the name Tears of the Kingdom, we know this is set. It's supposedly set after Breath of the Wild. I know what. So is it or is it before Breath of the Wild? I don't even remember at this point. Which one is technically... Which one is 100 years before? I'm, I'm not in on my Zelda games, Brian, so I don't know why you oh, asked me. I, I don't, I don't play Breath of the Wild. What the hell? Yeah, you're, I know. You're, why, why am I even talking to you? Okay. Why, why are I'm, you I'm, here? I'm sure you're going to say that later on as well, but... Why are you here? Um, t- Timeline. I'm trying to find, like, the timeline here, so... Let's see. Den of Geek is saying Tears of the Kingdom's possible double meaning hints at a major timeline shakeup. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Now, let's see here. Doesn't give us much information. Suggests that Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom don't just take place at the end of one Zelda timeline, but may actually exist somewhere at the end of every Zelda timeline. So I've, th- I've saw that theory that Breath of the Wild could bring a- all the three Zelda timelines back together because of how certain areas in Hyrule were named after certain games 
from different timelines. Um, but regardless, I'm hoping with a name like Tears of the Kingdom that this game has some emotional moments, has some sentimental moments. I'm hoping that there's something that will make me teary-eyed yeah, because I'm of just Tears hoping, of the Kingdom. I'm just hoping when they remaster it, there's like a prequel and it's called something like, I don't know, Time in the word beginning with C. Time in Come Right, that's what it says. And then they can just remaster it as Legend of Zelda TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> You're so stupid. Yeah, I know. That's that's the best I got, Brian. Sorry. That's all right. I don't I don't expect much more from you. Um I'm excited about Zelda. I think it looks good. I'm glad it was there. I'm sad that we did not get the reveal of Twilight Princess HD and Wind Waker HD coming to the Nintendo Switch, though I do still fully believe those are coming. Everybody has said those are coming. There's no reason not to think those games are not coming to Nintendo Switch at this point, even though Kyle's convinced they're not. And he said by sacrificing you, spilling your blood is what's going to make those games come. So uh, I'm pretty sure those games haven't they both been rumored since like the Switch came out. Well, they're one of only a few games that released on like the Wii U that has not been ported to the Switch. You have those two games and then you have Xenoblade Chronicles X. Those are the only games that Nintendo published on the, on the Wii U that have yet to come out on the Switch. So it's inevitable. All three of those games are going to release on the Switch eventually. They have to. They have to. But I have a feeling to get us excited about Tears of the Kingdom when it inevitably gets delayed to the holiday season of next year <laughs> they're going to put out twilight princess hd and wind waker hd they just caught them in the back burner they're their uh, plan b's yep basically that's probably what's going to happen so we shall see but that was the nintendo direct and i honestly thought it was a really fucking strong nintendo direct like if i'm rating it out of a 10 i would probably give this direct a nine dude yeah see there's uh there's a couple of games you missed off there brian uh, a couple of big games and this is probably why i'm here to remind you i'm just gonna go over them one of them isn't a massive game uh that was uh Fae farm which was like a multiplayer uh oh i did forget about Fae farm sort of stardew valley sort of thing that looked pretty cool yeah with little fae, fae fairy creatures yeah 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 and then there was obviously uh the room factory 3 coming out and then the announcement oh, of uh, how did room i forget factory about that for the next room factory game how did i forget about rune factory those are big announcements those are big announcements that's why you're here to remind me of what i forgot and then there's one more is there yeah it's the uh theater rhythm final bar line oh Oh shit, you're right. That had some ridiculous like 500 odd songs in it. Dude, there's so there were so many games shown today. It was hard to remember them all. <laughs> And I thought I had them all, yeah, but I didn't. I was, I was writing them down as I went along and then forgetting that I was writing a list and then having to go back and try and remember. Um, but yeah, yeah, I did remember that one because I had the, they could added songs from like Nier and stuff Nier as well. Nier and they? Saga and Octopath, Octopath and yeah. something else that I'm forgetting. But I love those games. I can't believe I forgot about that one. I've played all the Theat Rhythm games and I am really looking forward to that one. I think that's the other one that's February 24th, isn't it? It might be, yeah. Yeah, because I, I think the, I only said two in the run down that I did and feet rhythm bar line let's see when does this release I want to say it's February 24th ba -ba -ba, doesn't say uh, it'll be on the Nintendo store sure is and, oh February 16th it's the week before the week before and you got to get the digital deluxe $80 version if you want all 500 songs yeah see I know there was a there was a there was a Dragon Quest version oh, I don't think it ever came over here so hopefully those songs will appear in this one It'd I think that would just make out. sense right like yeah yeah since it never got released just put the song I mean there's 500 fucking songs I mean how many how many games even have 500 songs combined in, in like with the entire Final Fantasy collection I, mean, I guess they probably do. Actually, it's probably a stupid statement, but yeah, I mean, 
Good announcement. Thanks for reminding me on that one. Cool. But yeah, to go back, I, I think I'd probably say eight and a half, nine, maybe push nine and a half was a very good showcase. Yeah, definitely the best showcase of today, but not the only showcase because we did have a pretty quick Sony state of play. They did say it was going to be shorter. They did say to curb your expectations, there would be nothing massive, though I think there were some pretty massive games in this <laughs> for me specifically and for you too. Yeah. Um. So my, my hype levels were definitely met. My expectations were met. And we had like, what, 22, 23 minutes of a state of play. So not super lengthy, whereas the Nintendo Direct was almost 50 minutes. Um, But let's run down this. We don't have nearly as much to talk about here. Let me know if I forget anything on this one. We had Tekken 8 kick off the show, which is coming to PC, PS5 and Xbox series. Uh, They have not yet said what year. So that doesn't necessarily mean it's even coming next year. It just is coming. But um you know, it's Tekken. It's more Tekken. Yeah, and if you like fighting games. The fact that it's on Xbox is uh, it's quite cool. I don't think 7 was. Yeah, I don't think it was either. But I have never been a huge fan of Tekken. I'll admit that Tekken has some great soundtracks, um, but it's never been a fighting game that I like got super excited about. Like I do when a new Mortal Kombat gets announced or a new Soul Calibur gets announced. Like I like those fighting yeah, that's games. Fair. That's fair. Um, I likely will give Tekken 8 a fair shot when it comes out. I'll probably rent it from Gamefly, but I'll likely just play it if there's a story mode, right? Run through that with a character or two. If there's no story mode, then I'll just go through the arcade mode a couple times and be done with it. But I'll still play it. I'll still give it a shot. Yeah, seven. Seven had a pretty good storyline to it. A pretty good single player campaign, as well as the arcade stuff. Um, so it was good. I'm. I like the second games, but yeah, much like you, I think I'd rank Mortal Kombat and Soul Calibur just a bit higher. Yep. Yep. Well, good. At least we're on the same page there. We had a brief highlight of some PlayStation VR 2 games that are currently being developed. One of them is called Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge Enhanced Edition. And I believe that that means this game is probably already available on PC for like Oculus or something, right? Like I have a feeling this is already out. Mm -hmm. It's just coming to PSVR 2 as well. But it looks kind of good, man, for a VR game and for a Star Wars experience. I don't have any other VR headset. I don't have an Oculus. I don't have a Vive. I don't have Google Cardboard. I don't have any headset. Mm -hmm. I did have a PlayStation VR when it first came out for PS4, but I sold it. I no longer have access to a VR headset. I'm going to get a PlayStation VR 2 when it comes out next year. And this is a game that I could see myself buying and and trying to, uh, you know, get lost in the world of Star Wars. Yeah, nice. It did look look pretty cool. I think so, too. And then the other game that was announced for PSVR 2 was Demio, a... Dungeons and Dragons-esque card battle-esque type of game. Um, I don't know that this one is something that I would play. I also am, you know, I'm not like sure how the VR is going to work for this game. Um, I get that you're probably like, you know, a person sitting behind a board more or less that's just come to life, but I don't know that this is one I would pick up. Yeah, so I, think, I thought the trailer looked uh, a little interesting. It looked, quite, it looked quite fun. And then when the name popped up, I thought it said demo and I was like, fuck, I will play that. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Demio. Demio. How about like a dragon Ishin? <laughs> Fucking beautiful, mate. So, this is a remake of the PS3 and PS4 Yakuza Ishin game that released in 2014 only in Japan, and we're finally getting it. Yeah, so they were kind of their long lost uh, Yakuza games. I think there's another one as well. I believe it's called either Kenshin or Ido or something like that. Something Probably. like There's two of them. There's two. Yeah, there's yeah. this one, and then there's another one that was like two 
spin-off Yakuza games. Yeah, but they're both essentially like ancient Japan Yakuza. But yeah, is it, I'm not sure why it was called Like a Dragon, because if I remember right, I don't remember it at all. Uh, was it the combat <laughs> just like... I remember seeing it, but I don't remember anything in the trailer. Was the combat real-time combat, or was it turn-based? It seemed real-time. Okay, so Like a Dragon would insinuate that it is sort of not the Ichiban storyline, but sort of like the Ichiban universe, and that is turn-based combat, whereas just the standard Yakuza games, they're the real-time combat ones. So, I don't know, maybe it's I from... wonder if they're moving away from the Yakuza name and starting to call these games Like a Dragon now instead. Okay, yeah, because this didn't say Like a Dragon, did it? Like, uh, it didn't say Yakuza, it just said Like no, a Dragon. No, it just said Like, correct, whereas the game was Yakuza Ishin in Japan. So either way, dude, I need to get caught up on the series still. I'm still somewhere in the middle of four. Um, I haven't gone back to it in months since I stopped playing it when something else came out and then I just never returned to it. But I was kind of burning through those games at the beginning of this year, if you remember. And then mm-hmm. I just kind of hit a wall and never went back to four. But I need to go back and finish four. Need to do five. Need to do six. Need to do seven. And then, of course, Ishin now coming out in 2023. Yeah, and eight is around the corner at some point. But seven's an absolute delight. I, I can't wait for you to get seven. I've been waiting all year for you to get to seven and you still ain't there, but... I know, and I'll get there, I promise. (laughs) One way or another, and one day or another, I will get there. Wicked. I I will definitely get there. We had a new trailer for Hogwarts Legacy that looked pretty cool. The more I see on this game, the more I am excited to play it. Yeah, both my uh, previous two girlfriends have been massive Hogwarts. uh, We're Harry Potter fans, so I kind of, uh, I don't want to associate with that franchise. Oh, I mean, that's... Leave it in the past. (laughs) Understandable. But this is definitely something that I'm looking forward to playing. I want to become a wizard myself and roam around the halls of Hogwarts. I think this will be a absolute joy to play. Coming on February 10th, I'm looking forward to it. Was a quick trailer, though. Was a pretty quick trailer. A pretty weird trailer is a run-based first-person driving sim game called Pacific Drive coming to PC and PS5 next year from Ironwood Studios. You know, Viz is like, oh, it's Alan Wake. And I was like, no, because that's Remedy. And you're like, oh, go. Ghostbusters. And I was like, well, maybe, but nope, it's Pacific Drive. And I don't know how to feel about this. What did you think of this trailer? I thought it was quite interesting. Um, yeah, we were, so I was chatting with Viz while we were watching this. And we were saying like, that car looks like the XO1. Um, the car looked like it. And then there was something on the dashboard with like little wave lengths. So we thought, like, is that sort of like picking up like ghostly interference and stuff like that? Um, and that's all like all the lightning had very much... Uh, was the new Ghostbusters film like Ghostbusters Afterlife? Yeah. Also very reminiscent of that. So I thought, oh, maybe this is actually a Ghostbusters game. That's pretty cool. But it's not. Um, you say it's just a driving game, driving simulator. Yeah. So here, here's the here's the rundown of this game based on the press release. So it says it's a first person run based driving survival game. Form a unique bond with a fully customizable car that develops its own quirks and personality. Like Knight Rider. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Tense driving from behind the wheel with moments of vulnerability when you step out to gather resources and make repairs. From your upgradable garage, each repeatable trip into the zone is unique and randomized, which makes it have some roguelike elements to it. Systems-driven gameplay that allows for player freedom, creativity, and experimentation. So the roguelike stuff, like, that intrigues me because I do like my roguelike games, right, with randomized runs and having to start again at the beginning and upgrading slowly as you go, but the the gameplay didn't hook me based on the trailer we saw. Yes, yeah, so I think I'm I think I'm in on this. Um, yeah, just a just a roguelike having to gather resources. Oh, they're calling it roguelike. Roguelike, nay, mate. That's dope. Roguelike. 
That's pretty but, dope. But Manny is shot PG. Yeah. <laughs> very clever. Very clever. That's pretty um, dope. Yeah. Did this have a release date or was it just... Um, 2023. 2023. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pencil yep. me in for that one. I'm on, I'm on board good. for that. A game that I think I'm on board for is Sin Duality, coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox series. This looks like a follow-up to Xenoblade Chronicles X, even though it's not. It, it looks like a JRPG with mechs, um, but I do I do think it's more of like a, a shooter than it is a JRPG, right? Like you just saw the mech kind of shooting around and blasting at enemies and stuff. But this looks like a really interesting game that I was not expecting to see. Like, this is newly announced. I did confirm that. We had never seen this before. And it looks kind of good, dude. Like, graphically, it looks kind of good. Yeah, I'm all up for a bit of mechs. And the mech was, uh, he was bouncing around and killing stuff with the person. But yeah, yeah there was like a, like a Japanese anime-inspired character girl kind of floating around next to the mech. I want to know what her story is and what she's all about. This looks yeah. good. This looks fun, dude. I, I think I would definitely uh, enjoy this game comes out in 2023 as well nice. so. was this was this one that was uh console exclusive uh no pc ps5 and xbox series okay Fair not console exclusive the next two however are and that is what was formerly known as project eve when it first got announced in september of 2021 back during the playstation showcase it is now called Stellar Blade. And I'm going to tell you, dude, this game looks fucking great. Yeah, I thought this looked, um, I thought this looked really, really good, to be fair. Action uh, RPG, some Dark Souls elements, right? Like with, with some of the boss encounters, but a lot of world exploration. Those character models were fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, this game looks really, really good. Yeah, I'm, def- I'm definitely in on this one. I said, as I said in the Discord, uh, what we were watching it, I think like the PS5 may have finally arrived. You said that not necessarily with this game, but I, I do I, feel I, like... I still stand by that, right? Like yeah. in, in a world where God of War Ragnarok exists and uh, I mean, Elden Ring is multi-platform, but in that world, I think those games look better than Project Eve or Stellar Blade as it's called now, uh, especially Ragnarok in terms of like graphic graphical capability but this this still looks like a dope game yeah i just meant by like uh we're getting new ips oh I see. okay in, great, in, great in, that retro, and... in that regard yes i agree with you uh, yeah yeah i thought this looked really good and so did the next game which is koei tecmo uh nope it's not koei tecmo it is koei tecmo never mind it's koei tecmo's team ninja being published by sony and that is rise of the ronin which is basically a copycat ghost of tsushima style game it's an action rpg though so it does have some more rpg elements than ghost of tsushima did and coming out in 2024 the furthest away game that we saw during today's showcases unless something gets delayed to 2024 this was actually just announced coming to 20 in 2024 um this looked phenomenal like yeah. absolutely phenomenal yeah it looked like ghost of Tsushima, but times times five or six okay it stepped it up massively and like i said during the reaction video for that showcase it's about time for the ghost of Tsushima clones to start releasing right like if studios fell in love with ghost of tsushima when it released when it did was it 2020 i think that game came out um it's the same year as last of us part two wasn't it 
because they came out not so far apart from each other. Oh, then, then it may have been 2021. Um, oh, don't say that. No, it was 2020. That's July right. 17th, 2020 on PS4. So if teams fell in love with Tsushima when it came out, right, it's been two years now. They were able to start on a game right as they saw that. They're, you know, even before the game came out in trailer form, like, oh man, this game looks dope. We need to make a copycat. And then the game comes out, they play it, they get ideas, and then they build upon that and try to make a clone that feels different. Mm-hmm. And that's what Rise of the Ronin is. This is a copycat Ghost of Tsushima game, still being published by Sony, that takes the formula, blows it up, and makes it look fucking incredible. Like, Elden Ring came out in February of this year. In 2024, we will start seeing copycat Elden Ring games be announced. Yeah, we've had, we've had copycat Souls games since Souls 1, haven't we? Like, and they're in abundance now. Oh, yeah. Anytime something new comes out that's impressive, there's always going to be copycats, but it's going to take a few years for teams to put their copycat versions together and hope for the same success. Yeah. So I know Sony did publish, did Sony publish Neo and Neo 2 as well. Did they? I'm pretty sure they're PlayStation exclusives. They did. You're right. Yeah. Sony published them. So it does make me wonder, like, do you think we'll get Ghost of Tsushima next year or will it wait to be after Rise of the Ronin? Or do you reckon Sucker Punch is just going to do something different? Hmm. That's a good question. I think Ghost of Tsushima was too popular to sit on the back burner. I do think there will be a sequel. I don't think it gets announced next year, though. I think it gets announced in 2024, probably right after this game comes out. That's fair. That's fair. But I have a feeling, so, you know, that's going to, Ghost of Tsushima 2 is probably going to take some time to develop. You know, it's being developed exclusively for PS5, I would assume, whereas the first one was developed for the PS4. So it's going to take a little bit more time. Give it five years, announced in 2024, maybe a quicker turnaround time, and it'll be out in 2025. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting uh, Sucker Punch to be much like Insomniac, and they turn their games around really quick. They've already got, like, the, uh, not the assets, but, like, the mechanics of the game built in. So you should build upon it rather than re- rather than building a brand new world. So I was quite now, hoping for it if Sucker sooner. Punch is Insomniac, goes to Shishima 2 would have already been available. <laughs> yeah. Because Insomniac yeah. takes like a couple months to develop a game. I don't know how they do it. They're currently working on multiple games, right? They just did Rift Apart not that long ago. What was it? Last year, in June of last year. And they're they're working on fucking Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, Wolverine, and probably more things, right? Insomniac just had, they have like 500 employees, multiple mini teams within their team, just cranking away at games. I don't know how they do it. Good. They're very, very good. Yeah, very, very good. Speaking of very, very good, is the close to that state of play, <laughs> which was God of War Ragnarok. This trailer blew me away, dude. Yeah. I need to play this game on November 9th when it comes out. Another day one purchase for me. It's coming to PS4 as well if you want to be a scrub and play it on the, uh, you know, inferior console. I mean, my, my PS4 could barely handle Saints Row if I put God of War in it. I mean, it's <laughs> it's going to blow up. Melt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, the parts get, will start falling off as it's installing. I need uh, to get a fucking PS5. I'm, spend I'm, the extra, spend the extra pounds, spend the extra quid, dude. I'm, I'm almost there in my ability to get one. I just need to find one. Good. You're gonna, you're gonna love having one when you get it. And I know Viz is probably gonna pick this up day one, right? He was probably salivating when this trailer yeah, was shown. Yeah, I, I think I heard him, yeah. Moaning and groaning from, <laughs> from afar as he watched the trailer. He was, he was. He's very yeah. excited. Very, very this game, excited. This game looks dope. The trailer blew me away. I was impressed with, this was the story trailer, so this was the first time we really got a an in-depth look at a lot of the narrative plot points and some of the gameplay mechanics that we're going to be seeing in Ragnarok. This just looked fucking incredible, dude. Even the DualSense 
controller coming with it looks pretty dope. I'll give them that. I'm not going to buy it, but man, it looks dope. Yeah, it had like blue handles and then like a wolf on the touchpad. It was a very nice looking controller. I say that and I'll probably end up picking it up anyway. Yeah. I mean, I like the colors. I really like the color scheme of that DualSense. So I'm an idiot. I buy stuff like that if I like it. (laughs) So, and I like God of War. Ragnarok looks incredible. I can't fucking wait to play this game. Should be good. Should be good. Yeah. But that was our state of play. And I think if I had to rate the state of play, it was it was actually not bad. It wasn't as good as the direct, but it wasn't bad. I'd probably say an eight. Yes, it was it was full with stuff, apart from the little middle bit where we what was it the PlayStation Stars with their oh yeah, I didn't even mention that because I don't care. Their crappy little trophy things, like an yeah, no no one, one gives a shit about that. Just give me money off the store. That's all I want. Yeah, no one cares about PlayStation Star NFTs. Right. But yeah, even though it was a smaller, it still had a lot of great stuff in there. And the the Eshin thing for me was a massive seller. I think I'd go eight point five. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. But that's our recap of today's Nintendo Direct and Sony's State of Play. So, Sev, I appreciate you sitting down and doing this with me. I'll uh, I'll release you back to the uh, confines of your cell. Until next time. That's my cell. My bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, your bedroom. I know it's it's almost what uh, three a.m. over there. Almost. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So you're probably pretty tired. You'll be going to bed. Maybe. Maybe. So. Enjoy your sleep. I'm going to finish this episode. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy. And you know what that music means. It is time for a little kickstart my heart before we get on out of here. And for this episode, we're going with a cute roguelite RPG with real-time tile-based battle systems that is inspired clearly by Paper Mario. It is called Paper Animal RPG. Paper Animal RPG is a cute roguelite game where you can explore a colorful world, fight scary enemies, and relax with your friends at the campfire. Uh, As I just mentioned, the game is inspired by and pays homage to the Paper Mario, Mario & Luigi, as well as the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon series. Once upon a time, there was a small village, which was inhabited by many animals of all colors and sizes. The village was ruled by a kind king, who reigned with grace and maintained the order between the animals. One day, the king suddenly disappeared. A few days later, the village fell into despair, and the once-so-cheerful days seemed gone forever. In the midst of chaos, a group of brave adventurers emerged, determined to find the whereabouts of the king. In Paper Animal RPG, you'll explore the land, moving from dungeon to dungeon in search of the kind king. Each world and map is procedurally generated, which means that no playthrough will be the same since the map will look different each time. This includes the available items, skills, and stickers you can find, as well as the events and NPCs you'll be able to encounter. During your explorations, you'll also face a great variety of enemies, ranging from cute ones to cute and mildly scary ones. While tile-based and real-time battle systems are nothing new in themselves, Paper Animal RPG offers a fresh approach by combining them both into one unique experience. In between dungeon floors, camp floors are spread out. These peaceful camps offer a great opportunity to cozy up, catch your breath, and take in the surroundings. But the more important thing is that you can manage your team and inventory from these camps. At a glance, the game offers these features, and depending on how well the campaign goes on Kickstarter, even new ones may be added. So we already mentioned there are procedurally generated maps, there are six adorable characters specializing in power, utility, and defense, and there are a bunch of consumable items. Once you borrow a cook pot from an enemy, it says steal, but then borrow in quotation marks, uh, you from an enemy camp, you can combine them and experiment with the results of the consumable items to see what you can drum up. Equip and upgrade skills suited to a character's role and customize your playstyle. Find stickers that grant passive abilities. If you get lucky, you can even find more powerful holographic ones. 
defeat mean bosses, which have an even stronger version when you start a rewind run, which is kind of exciting. Rewind runs. I like that. Classic mode is too hard? Try casual mode, which features tweaked gameplay settings for an easier experience. Compete against other players for a global online high score who played with the same generation seed as you in tournament mode. And there are numerous unlockable achievements which guide you to explore all aspects of the game. Each and every dungeon floor is procedurally generated, which means that no two playthroughs will be the same as mentioned earlier. The items, skills, and stickers you can get, as well as the NPCs you encounter, are all drawn randomly from a set pool, making the experience each run even more unique. So that didn't really say anything new there, but that's okay. Paper Animal RPG features a rather unique battle system since it's tile-based and in real time. As soon as you enter a battle, you'll have two abilities available. You can Tackle, which every character will always have the Tackle ability available. Tackle is a basic melee attack that uses one gear unit. Gear units are charged automatically during battle. And then you have a skill. Skills are different for every character and can be swapped out as you find new ones. To use a skill, you need at least one Hype unit. Hype units are charged when you attack enemies. Depending on how well you do in battles, your animal audience, visible at the bottom will react in different ways. I like that. That's dope. Uh, it goes on to talk about the camp, the cooking system, the dino hatching system. When you help the dino family, you'll get rewarded with a dino egg. Give it lots of love and three valuable items. They can be divas and a dino will hatch. The dino will join your team after hatching and its color and stats will be dependent on what you gave the egg to eat. Like Yoshi. That's dope. Okay. Uh, this this campaign looks incredible. Um, there's, it goes and talks about the characters. There's Peep, who is a small chick with a beak too big for its own good, and he wants to become a pilot one day. There's Shelp, who might not be the, uh, the most courageous turtle, but that doesn't stop her from supporting her friends. There's Quack, if you need help solving complex math equations or navigating ancient maps, Quack is the frog you need. There's Cookie, who is not a dog of many words, but his heart and loyalty is as big as his muscles. And there's some others that you'll meet along the way. Again, it talks about the cooking and items. It goes into the different skills that you'll have access to. The sticker system. It looks like there's going to be 22 stickers in the game. Some NPCs that you'll be able to encounter. The different enemies that you'll be able to encounter. A look at some of the various dungeons. Some of the mystery houses. The elder tree. The tournament system. The achievements. This game looks pretty dope. And it is a really well put together Kickstarter campaign. If you want to get a copy of this game when it comes out, it will not take much. It looks like you can get a copy of the game for 16 US dollars. You'll be able to get a digital copy on either PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, or Xbox. Plus get your name in the credits and the Discord support role and exclusive updates delivered to your email. So only $16 will get you a copy of this game if you do want to pick it up. They are already over their goal. They have 1,032 backers as of time that I'm recording this with 18 days to go still. They were looking for the equivalent of 40,000 US dollars and they're currently sitting at 54,761. So this game is funded. It is going to get made and it's currently set to be delivered sometime in September of 2023. So they're shooting for the fall of next year. Now, they do have some stretch goals in mind already. They've already hit two of them. They added a camera option at 45,000 of their local currency. And at 50,000 of their local currency, they added challenge runs at 60,000 of their local currency, which we are roughly. Well, actually, it's not much of a conversion difference. It's, it's pretty similar. So we're roughly about $5,000 away from the next Kickstarter or from the next stretch goal, which is going to be an enhanced world map. And then at 70,000, they are going to add a content expansion pack. 
if all of this sounds good, if you were a fan of Paper Mario, if you were a fan of Mario and Luigi, some of the other uh, inspirations like, you know, um, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Once Upon, or what is it? Um, One Step from Eden, not Once Upon an Eden. One Step from Eden and Nuclear Throne are two other inspirations mentioned as well. If you like any of those games, certainly give Paper Animal RPG a look. It's currently on Kickstarter.com. It's already funded, so we'll be able to play it soon. It looks good. Go check it out. But that's unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. And I typically close these episodes out with a quote. And I am going to go with a quote from one of my favorite authors of all time, Neil Gaiman. And this particular quote is a very, very lengthy one, but I like this a lot. And it comes from the American Gods novel. I can believe things that are true and things that aren't true. And I can believe things where nobody knows if they're true or not. I can believe in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Beatles and Marilyn Monroe and Elvis and Mr. Ed. Listen, I believe that people are perfectible, that knowledge is infinite, that the world is run by secret banking cartels and is visited by aliens on a regular basis. Nice ones that look like wrinkled lemurs and bad ones who mutilate cattle and want our water and our women. I believe that the future sucks and I believe that the future rocks and I believe that one day white buffalo woman is going to come back and kick everyone's ass. I believe that all men are just overgrown boys with deep problems communicating and that the decline in good sex in America is coincident with the decline in drive-in movie theaters from state to state. I believe that all politicians are unprincipled crooks, and I still believe that they are better than the alternative. I believe that California is going to sink into the sea when the big one comes, while Florida is going to dissolve into madness and alligators and toxic waste. I believe that antibacterial soap is destroying our resistance to dirt and disease so that one day we'll all be wiped out by the common cold like Martians in War of the Worlds. I believe that the greatest poets of the last century were Edith Sitwell and Don Marquis, that jade is dried dragon sperm, and that thousands of years ago in a former life, I was a one-armed Siberian shaman. I believe that mankind's destiny lies in the stars. I believe that candy really did taste better when I was a kid, that it's aerodynamically impossible for a bumblebee to fly, that light is a wave and a particle, that there's a cat in a box somewhere who's alive and dead at the same time, although if they don't ever open the box to feed it, it'll eventually just be two different kinds of dead, and that there are stars in the universe billions of years older than the universe itself. I believe in a personal God who cares about me and worries and oversees everything I do. I believe in an impersonal God who set the universe in motion and went off to hang with her girlfriends and doesn't even know that I'm alive. I believe in an empty and godless universe of casual chaos, background noise, and sheer blind luck. I believe that anyone who says sex is overrated just hasn't done it properly. I believe that anyone who claims to know what's going on will lie about the little things too. I believe in absolute honesty and sensible social lies. I believe in a woman's right to choose, a baby's right to live, that while all human life is sacred, there's nothing wrong with the death penalty if you can trust the legal system implicitly, and that no one but a moron would ever trust the legal system. I believe that life is a game, that life is a cruel joke, and that life is what happens when you're alive, and that you might as well lie back and enjoy it. This episode of the Max Level Podcast has been brought to you by RPGera.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of where you're listening. If you want more of us, check us out on YouTube and Twitch and make sure you're subscribed or following at both places with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media as well as to our Discord server and all other important information can be found in the show notes for this episode. 